Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope we give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guests, Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. He'll be joining us as well as Dr. George Markovich. He is an orthopedic surgeon, replaced both of my knees in 2006 and just a little over 18 months ago, he replaced my hip, and I'm so grateful for his care. We'll also visit the former Na- uh, mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is February the 8th, and on this day in 1587, after 19 years of imprisonment, Mary, Queen of Scots, was beheaded in England for her complicity in a plot to murder Queen Elizabeth I. In 1542, just uh, six days old, Mary ascended to the Scottish throne upon the death of her father, King James V. Her mother sent her to be raised in a French court, and in 1558, she married the French Dauphin, who became King Francis II of France in 1559, but died the following year. After Francis' death, Mary returned to Scotland to assume her designated role as the country's monarch. In 1565, she married her English cousin, Lord Darnley, in order to reinforce her claim of succession to the English throne after Elizabeth's death. In 1567, Darnley was mysteriously killed in an explosion at Kirkfield, and <clears throat> Mary's lover, the Earl of Bothwell, was the key suspect. Although Bothwell was acquitted of the charge, his marriage to Mary in the same year enraged nobility. Mary uh, brought an army against the nobles, but was defeated and imprisoned in uh, Scotland and forced to abdicate in favor of her son by Darnley uh, James. In 1568, Mary escaped from captivity and raised a substantial army, but was defeated and fled to England. Queen Elizabeth initially welcomed Mary, but was soon forced to put her friend under house arrest after Mary became the focus of a various English, Catholic, and Spanish plots to overthrow Elizabeth. Nineteen years later, in 1586, a major plot to murder Elizabeth was reported, and Mary was brought to trial. She was convicted for complicity and sentenced to death. On February the 8th, 1587, Mary, Queen of Scots, was beheaded for treason. Her son, King James VI of Scotland, calmly accepted his mother's execution upon Queen Elizabeth's death. In 1603, he became King of England, Scotland, and Ireland. Talk about vicious politics today. <laughs> Pretty vicious back in that, in that century as well. Uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, beheaded. Well, stocks climbed as investors got good news from companies reporting their quarterly earnings, including Chipotle and Ford. Uh, New York Community Bank Corp. continued its wild ride since reporting a surprise Q4 losses, finishing on an upward swing yesterday after reassuring investors <clears throat> about its liquidity and deposits, though it's still down 31% from the beginning of the month. And I think down is uh, in terms of starting trade today. Markets are looking kind of neutral, down a little bit uh, to start off uh, today's trading. The Senate failed to advance legislation combining border security provisions and supplemental foreign aid yesterday in a 49 to 50 vote, ending a month-long effort to a small bipartisan group of senators 
to forge a compromise package. Sixty votes were needed in order to move the package forward. The $118 billion bill included $20 billion in border funding while implementing a number of policy changes, including raising the standard for asylum and shutting down ports of entry if migrant uh, arrivals pass 5,000 per day. Really, what it did, I think it frankly legalized illegal immigration. It's a bad deal, a bad uh, bill. The majority of remaining funds were directed towards military aid, $60 billion for Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, and about $5 billion for the Indo-Pacific region, including Taiwan. GOP negotiators had initially pushed for border security measures as a prerequisite for approving the foreign aid. The caucus immediately soured on the deal, with many arguing the provisions did not go far enough and would normalize historically high levels of migration. Uh, debate is expected to continue today on a standalone bill encompassing over the only the overseas funding components. My hope is that fails and uh, is dead on arrival, too. We should fix the border first before we allow any other legislation to be passed, especially uh, by this administration. Well, Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell's days leading to the Republican minority could be numbered following the collapse of the Senate leadership's bipartisan national security supplemental aid bill. Several prominent Republican uh, senators expressed the border bill uh, Debacle could push the GOP conference over the edge to remove O'Connell from leadership. Conservatives, both inside and uh, the official Republican Party apparatus, and have long criticized McConnell, an institution in the Senate with a reputation for a shrewd negotiation and savvy maneuvering, but not taking sufficiently hardline stances on key issues to the party's base. McConnell has continued to keep a stranglehold on the power in the Republican conference for nearly two decades. But momentum to remove him has reached a fevered pitch after a tidal wave of backlash to the border policy proposal unveiled this week. You know, Mitch, party's over. Lights have gone out. The band went home. It's time for you to resign. Your day is over. And I don't think you're providing sufficient leadership. We need somebody strong in there in the Senate to provide leadership. Mitch McConnell is not the guy. Well, Tucker Carlson's forthcoming interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin has prompted discussions among European lawmakers regarding potential implications for the uh, American conservative commentator. Uh, During his visit to Russia, Carlson announced that an interview with Putin would soon be released, and now it's been announced at 6 p.m. today on TuckerCarlson.com or, of course, on X, the uh, social website. An event that's drawn attention from officials in the European Union. Some members have expressed concern over his activities in Russia, considering the strained relations between the EU and Putin's administration. Guy Verhofstadt, a prominent figure with the European Parliament and former Prime Minister of Belgium, said there's a possibility that the EU can consider examining Carlson's conduct due to his interactions with Putin. As the EU actively sanctions uh, individuals who support Putin's military operations deemed war crimes by several international entities, such scrutiny appears increasingly plausible. Moreover, uh, Verhofstadt suggested the feasibility of discussing a travel ban on Carlson, characterizing him as an influential voice of both Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. This is, what an idiot. Can you believe that, Tucker Carlson is one of the most revered and responsible reporters uh, that we have. He's one of the few people that actually goes and tells the truth about what's going on. And uh, 
these uh, bozos in the uh, European Union <clears throat> want to sanction him and uh, put a travel ban on Carlson. Here's a little bit of tease for tonight. I, I did find this. Russian President Vladimir Putin has made the assertion that real power in the United States does not lie with elected officials, including President Joe Biden, but rather with an unelected deep state that perpetually maintains control. This uh, controversial statement came amid his discussion on the influences governing American politics. President Joe Biden is not running the United States, Putin reportedly told Carlson. Carlson emphasized the importance for Americans to be better informed about the developments of the war, including Putin's motivations and objectives, stating that despite widespread lack of knowledge, it's crucial for the public to attain as much understanding as possible, especially in the midst of a discussion to set another $60 billion over to Ukraine. Carlson clarified that the intent of the interview was not to express affinity for Putin or to endorse the Russian leader's views, but rather to provide a platform for Americans and global audience to gain insight directly from the key figure in world events. Tucker Carlson doing uh, yeoman's work, uh, being attacked on all sides, no question, even, even here in the United States, so <laughs> people making comments about him. Uh, six o'clock tonight, tuckercarlson.com. Uh, there, I wouldn't surprise me if the sites crash because there's going to be an overwhelming global audience for this interview. Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel dispelled rumors that she's resigning from position in a memo sent to the RNC members on Wednesday. Uh, McDaniel told former President Donald Trump that she plans to step down after the South Carolina Republican primary. The memo tells members that, that nothing has been decided yet and that McDaniel is still in her position as chairwoman of the party. <clears throat> Again, in my opinion, she's doing a terrible job. Uh, if she were doing a great job, we would have the red wave in 2022. We would have uh, many more elected officials as a consequence of her efforts. But her efforts, she spends a lot of money, but she doesn't get much done. With a news cycle full of palace intrigue and speculation surrounding us, I want to take the time to reassure all of you that I am still hard at work at RNC chair, Chairwoman in building a machine that will elect Republicans up and down the ballot in November. The memo obtained by the Daily Caller said, Myself and my staff are refusing to be distracted by the outside noise and we remain committed to our mission Rumors to the contrary are simply not true. Nothing has changed, and there will be no, not be any changes decided until after the South Carolina primary when we will have our eventual nominee, the memo reads. <clears throat> Trump suggests, suggested Sunday in an interview with Fox News that there would be some changes coming in the RNC after making uh, being asked about McDaniel's performance. By the way, he uh, lauded her performance. He said uh, she swung Michigan his way in 2016, and he's very grateful for that. Well, uh, spending by American consumers has kept the economy humming at an unexpectedly fast clip over the past year. The dark side is that credit card and auto loan delinquencies are surging, both auto loans and credit cards have seen particular worsening of new delinquencies with transition rates now above pre-pandemic levels. That, according to the New York uh, Reserve Bank of New York, saying in a Liberty Street economics blog, the serious delinquency rate, meaning loans that are more than 90 days overdue for credit cards, jumping to 6.4% in the fourth quarter of last year, up from just 4% a year earlier. 
the new and high inflation that has haunted the economy throughout Biden's tenure in the White House is playing a role. Prices of motor vehicles have soared, inflating auto uh, loan balances. The average loan has jumped uh, 11% in 2021 and 10% in 2022. And by the end of 22, the average initial loan amount on a car was 24000 up from 18000 in the first quarter of 2020. Prices have begun to fall, but that might also increase delinquencies. Why? Well, because it lowers the resale value of, of cars, making it harder for consumers to pay off loans when they face financial distress. Overall, credit card balances rose by $50 billion, to $1.13 trillion in the fourth quarter. Auto loan balances climbed $12 billion to $1.61 trillion. And while high prices pushed up loan balances, higher interest rates have made those balances more costly for borrowers. Inflation, in other words, has been a one-two punch to consumers hitting the first, them first on the price of goods and then second on the cost of debt. Makes a lot of sense. And the people in the United States are hurting uh, the 1% or the 2% or 5% are doing just fine, but the people who are living paycheck to paycheck are really hurting as a consequence of Bidenomics. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a visit and, and a call. Johnson'sAirConditioning.com is the website. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. And now serving dinner, 4 to 8 p.m., Wednesdays through Saturdays, a terrific menu. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Call Your Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Tim Garrett, candidate for Cuyahoga County Supervisor of Elections. He's a 33-year resident of Cuyahoga County, a military veteran, a retired sheriff's officer, and a graduate of the FBI National Academy. He stands for Safe, Secure, Ethical Elections. Vote for Tim Garrett and check out his website, Vote for Tim Garrett. Dot com Paid for by Tim Garrett, Republican for Cuyahoga County Supervisor of Elections. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. Right now we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens. He is the co-founder of a terrific organization. It's about a decade, a little uh, longer, uh, older than a decade old, and just doing great work here in the state of Florida. It's called the Citizens Florida Citizens Alliance. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, it's always a great day when I get to talk to you, Bob. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're just a simple group uh, that fortunately we've had a lot of opportunity and and some success in Florida, but we're just a grassroots organization primarily representing the voices of all Floridians who care about their kids, trying to bring solutions to the education marketplace, and especially encouraging parents to take their kids' education as their personal responsibility and find solutions that fit their kids. We have great choices in Florida. We have some challenges, but parents can find the fit for their kids, and we want to help them do that. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, uh, Florida has been a leader in school choice, and into the consequences, it's really elevated Florida's performance against other states uh, in terms of public education. What are some of the things that you think would be important for parents to know? Well, I, I think you're exactly right. Florida has become a leader in choice in education, and that has been a really good thing. We have more students enrolled in what we call our scholarship programs, which are the choices parents get to make, than every other state combined. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a big success. We're giving parents lots of choices, and we think that's good. We do have some challenges that, that that's one of the things that we're trying to address. There were 90,000 applications for scholarships that last year that were awarded that were not used. Now, think about that. That's a lot of scholarships. Yep. And we think, and it's also based upon some, some information that the James Madison Institute just put out, we think that what's happening is that families aren't finding capacity in private schools for their children. Huh. And that's a serious problem that we want to help. And that's why we've encouraged people to, to consider micro schools. So tell us about micro schools for those that may not be familiar. Well, micro schools is a kind of a mysterious concept in a lot of people's minds. It's really simple. It's not complicated. It just sounds really daunting to parents because we're just not familiar with it. But it's essentially where parents get together and they might have 10 or maybe 25 or even more students amongst the families, and they decide they're going to cooperate together and educate their children. It's a type of home education. It 
requires the involvement of the family, but it liberates the family from the constraints of the normal public school, go to school in the morning, sit at the desk, come home in the afternoon, because it gives them flexibility and it helps them tailor that education to their students. It's really affordable. It's really doable. I mean, a lot of times parents think, well, I can't teach my child. Well, I'd really like to encourage parents that nobody loves your child more than you do, and nobody knows your child better than you do. And that combination makes you an ideal candidate to help your child learn. And I know that there are math and science and other kinds of things that parents say, I don't understand all of that. I get that. But that's why we're here, to help parents know that there are resources that they can help their children learn, they can connect their child to, and we think it's just a, an ideal way, and it's affordable, and parents can do it when they get together and cooperate, especially in cooperation with their church, they can do it in such an affordable way. And, and I know saying that, people say, oh, that sounds great. Well, how do I do it? That's why the Florida Citizens Alliance is here. If you're interested in that, that's what we do. We help people with the nuts and bolts of that so they can make it a reality for their child. It's really a remarkable thing, a terrific opportunity that didn't exist just a few years ago. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. It almost has, it feels like you know going back to the one-room schoolhouse of the 1800s. <laughs> but, uh... Well, that's really true, and, and I think that's, that's a positive thing. One of our partners that, that's worked on this, their vision is to, is to imagine that kids could go to school by walking down the street or around the corner to the next block where they would get together with other kids. And right there in their neighborhood, kids of all ages can learn together. It doesn't have to be segregated by grades. Kids are remarkable how they help each other. They learn from each other. And, and the one-room schoolhouse, while we think it's old-fashioned and out of date, it's really not. It really fits kids and families today. And why not? It's a whole lot better than some of the nonsense that's going on in some of our school classrooms. Uh, so, so true, uh, Pastor Rick. So, uh, do uh, if you have a micro school, uh, can you qualify for scholarship funds to support the effort? If you hire a teacher, that that type of thing. There are ways to do all of that, and there are scholarship funds available. It's under the home education side of things or the homeschooling side of things, uh-huh. and there are ways to do that, and and. People are more than welcome to pursue that and, and get some help with that. They also ought to remember that you don't always have to hire help to get help, especially here in Southwest Florida. We have probably hundreds of retired experts in all kinds of things that love children and would love to help parents tutor their children in some of these things. That's and great. wouldn't that be a great community thing for all these people to get together? I know a retired physician, and I'm pretty sure he would be delighted to coach children on science and math that he learned to become a physician. That's and we got that kind of expertise everywhere. We think that's what makes us such a great idea, people helping people. So uh, if these ideas intrigue you, and they certainly intrigue me, I, I would encourage you to visit the website, goflca.org. Goflca.org is the website, a very robust website on this and other topics. Now, you've got a big event coming up. We do. We have our annual gala coming up on March 13th, and people can learn all about it at the website, goflca.org, under the events tab. They can buy a ticket, and they can even get a $100 gift certificate to seed the table there in Naples, and and that's legitimate. You buy a ticket, you get that $100 gift certificate. There's no strings attached to that, 
and we'd love to have people come. This is an important event. It really helps us, all of our donors, make make it possible for us to help children across Florida. And we're really happy to have a man named Dinesh D'Souza that a lot of people have heard about. Oh, yeah. And he did a movie a few months ago called Police State. And if people don't believe we have problems with the police state in this country, they haven't been paying attention. Exactly. And I think Dinesh is going to give us insights on that, both how it relates to the larger problem, but also he has some particularly good insights on education. And I'm really eager to get an update from him. I think people will be delighted to hear him speak and to learn what's really going on. Let's not deceive ourselves. There are some serious things going on, and Dinesh D'Souza will help us sort that out. Absolutely. GoFLCA.org is the website. And uh, get a ticket to the uh, uh, event coming up on March the 14th. And uh, support the Florida Citizens Alliance because they do God's work, and they really do outstanding work. Pastor Rick Steves, I just genuinely appreciate your uh, commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239 325 1041. That's 239 325 1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show. Are you seeking new customers or contacts for your business? Why not promote your business to our loyal listeners? Join Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, the Collier Senior Center, Lulabee's Diner, and many others who've been advertising on the show, in many cases, for years. The rates are reasonable, and there's no required long-term commitments or contracts. Let me help you promote your business to our loyal listeners here on The Bob Harden Show. Visit the website, bobharden.com, or send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. 
That's bobharden at hotmail.com. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences and opening a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. First performance on November the 1st. You want to find out more and get tickets to some great performances coming up, visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and uh, publisher of his. Excuse me, of lessgovernment.org. Less government is, is the uh, website, lessgovernment.org. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. You know, you were appreciating uh, your comments last week about the uh, possible bank failures that we're going to see coming up. <clears throat> and now uh, the word's broken out that uh, right now the New York Community Bank <clears throat> is really suffering in terms of its performance. Uh, and, and just an indication, perhaps, of what's to come. And I understand the problems are even worse in Europe when, when it comes to banks. That's that, Yeah, um, I've been kind of harping on this for a while because, you know, I, I've watched the Dodd-Frank disaster unfurl for the last decade plus since it was passed in 2011 or 13. It was, no, it was 2011, I think. Anyway... It's been, it's been, as we discussed, the bigger government is, the bigger the victims of government in the private sector. Uh, government costs money to, to pay taxes to, to be regulated by, and the bigger government is, the more it costs, the bigger the private sector companies that, can't, that, that no longer can afford to keep up with paying for government. And Dodd-Frank massively ratcheted up government size, and, and it killed thousands of small community banks. Yeah. And it, it, meanwhile, the big banks bought up all the assets, so they got bigger and bigger. You know, as, as, a, as small banks failed, the big ones of that capital bought on the cheap, bought all the uh, assets. And so they got bigger and bigger. Well, now, we've, it, of course, we've got further market consolidation as a result. And the remaining small and mid-sized banks now, as the government, you know, regulations, because these, these regulations don't roll out all at once. When Dodd-Frank passes, it's years and years of additional regulations being applied yeah. as, they, as they, you know, and of course they're bureaucrats, so they generously interpret their, you know, their reading of the law to, I, this gives me more power uh, right. <laughs> than, than even the law says. Um, in fact, there's a very terrible ruling at the Supreme Court that hopefully is about to be overturned. It's called the Chevron deference decision. Right. In this case involving Chevron, the, the, including Scalia, God rest his soul, but he was an idiot on this. My, a friend of mine who's a lawyer in Texas said, when Scalia and Thomas disagree, Thomas is right. And they disagreed vehemently on this ruling. What, what basically the ruling said was, the majority of the Supreme Court said, the, the bureaucrats are the experts, so they're the, they're the proper ones to interpret how much power they have. <laughs> well, gee, if you let them set their own limits, they won't have any. That's right. <laughs> that's that's so. Anyway, so uh, Dodd Frank's been you know getting ratcheted up and ratcheted up, and, and you know we we've got as we discussed on Tuesday, um, we 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 have the big banks doing the non prime mortgages now, the new name for subprime mortgages, and we have an additional X factor in the process that we didn't have in two thousand and eight, which is 
we we have a commercial real estate crisis, and that's actually what's striking first. Right, as you said, the bank in New York is having a problem because they loaned a bunch of money to a bunch of business people who bought on on credit a bunch of properties in New York City, and now everyone's fleeing New York City like it's got the bubonic plague. Right, and and they can't rent it out, and they certainly can't sell it to anybody. No one's going to buy these things. You want to talk about toxic assets? Commercial real estate in major U.S. cities is a pretty toxic asset at this point. And I, 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 like I said on Tuesday, the best number I could find was they owed, they, they held $3.66 trillion in commercial real estate loans. And that was in 2020. So I couldn't find a better number. It's, it's undoubtedly gotten worse uh, because that 2020 is when the exodus started from, from, from commercial real estate. And when, when we talk COVID about this, lockdowns. when we talk about this exit from, you know, just to remind our listeners that because of COVID and what happened, a lot of people started working from home and they said, hey, this is pretty cool. I get to see my kids. <laughs> I don't have to. Uh, well, you know, from a, I would, I would argue, I would imagine that, look, I understand that the, the, the employer, a lot of the employers want to keep their employees under their thumbs in an office. Yeah. But I would imagine a lot of employers who hire better and don't have to hire as many people. Part of the problem is when you get that big, you have to hire so many people, you're not hiring the best and brightest. If you've got a small, tight team that you can trust, you, if you're a business owner, you look at it as a, as a distinct advantage to say, I don't have to pay for rent anymore right. for an office for these people. Right. This is a huge advantage. Now, if you're a giant company that has you know hundreds of thousands of employees, you, you, it, part of most of your job is is taking you know keeping an eye on the matrix. You know, you have managers that do nothing but chase around bad employees all day because that's all you can get. Yeah. Uh, thank you, government schools. And um, and so, but anyway, the the point is to get back. I'm I'm drifting, but the point is, a lot of these people viewed it as an advantage to not. You know, who wants to pay rent in New York City? But here's the point, if though. If you're a medium-sized company and you and you're operating on any, like if you're a medium-sized, you know, investment banker, so you know, you know, a small investment counselor with three or four employees, yeah, you want these people having to commute into New York City every yeah. day and pay rent to, to give them an office? No. So these are all toxic assets, and because of the, and this happened all over the world. That's why it's happening in Europe first, because this is a global thing. There's a bunch of commercial real estate shock going on right now in Europe ahead of us, you know, uh, worse than us right now. There's that one bank in New York because they're dealing with New York City, but but it's going to happen. Can you imagine when California hits the fan? I mean, I know the, the, I can only imagine with the rents there, you know, and now fortunately for California, the only companies that are left in California are the gigantic tech companies that are worth multiple trillions of dollars. But. It's just it's it's going to hit all over the country. Any mid-sized or large city is going to have a major commercial real estate problem in very short order. And it's going to hit. And it's, it's going to hit financial. Because they have. Yeah, it's going to hit right? financial assets. It's going to hit the economy. It's going to hit. Well, just, and it, it it affects everything else. That's what happened with the subprime mortgage crisis in 08. Right. It started. There was no commercial real estate problem in 2008, but it hit the market because it got so big in the housing market. Right. And this is big enough now, I think, commercial real estate is a that it will start bleeding over. Because yeah. remember, if, if these people can't afford to pay their rents, 
they may have to start firing people to pay the rent. That's right. And then what? Then you have people that can't pay their mortgages, right? So, so it's it's time to pull in the <laughs> make sure that everybody's prepared for what might be coming because it probably it looks like another bank crisis indeed. Seton Motley again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org and also on Facebook as well. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, uh, Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Just listening to that commercial uh, actually is my pleasure and opportunity to introduce Dr. George Markovich, my orthopedic surgeon, who, as the commercial pointed out, replaced both of my knees in 2006, for which I'm so grateful. Uh, just alleviating a lot of pain and uh, <laughs> made me about an inch taller <laughs> because I was so bow-legged, but also uh, replaced my hip just about 18 months ago, and I'm so grateful for that. Dr. George Markovich, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Bob. Good morning. Good morning to you. And I must say, I, I like to, it, it was a miracle because I went to the uh, surgery center for uh, your practice and uh, arrived there at 6.15 in the morning. Uh, was on a, uh, a bed by 7.30, uh, 
Uh, I woke up and uh, said to the anesthesiologist, uh, when is he going to do the operation? When is he going to replace my hip, and Dr. Markovich? And she said, well, he already has. <laughs> it was the most <laughs> amazing thing. And then I'm in the car at 11.15 in the morning on my way home after a full hip replacement. It is nothing short of a miracle. It's amazing. It is amazing. And when you think back, <clears throat> you know, 2006 when you were in the hospital for a while, knees are a little tougher than hips, but, you know, we're doing those outpatient and, it's basically the same experience. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing uh, in terms of the anesthesia uh, advances and the pain management advances and the, and the efficiencies. Um, I, I think that it's far different than almost 20 years ago than what we do now. Um, and, you know, people like you benefit significantly from it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy <laughs> to be doing what I do at this point in time from a technical standpoint. It's a bit challenging from other aspects, you know, with the payers and the insurances and all this other complexity. Um, and, and so I tend to focus on just the way I can do things better. Mm-hmm. And that's my charge every minute of every day. Well, it's just remarkable what you've been able to do for me, and I'm so grateful. Uh, maybe you could uh, just elaborate or, or tell us a little bit about, about some of the advances. I first met you back, and I'm going to guess it was uh, 2003 or four, and you helped me through this process of uh, trying to figure out what we could do to avoid surgery. And uh, for a while, we were able to, but finally I came to you and said, like I said, the commercial, you know, <laughs> I, I'm in pain. I got to, I've got to have some relief, and so we went. To, we decided to do surgery. And I'm so grateful that we were able to do that. But I would imagine there's been some advances here in the last 17 years. Oh, there have. And, and certainly it's from biological aspects to try to control the disease and preserve joints through medications and control of inflammation, diet, exercise, and whatnot. <clears throat> and also surgical advances to mechanically address the problems, either through, again, trying to preserve the joint or reconstruct the joint in a fashion that you eliminate pain and improve function through arthroplasty, uh, joint replacement. So um, my uh, focus uh, is to try to get people through those pathways as best we can uh, to try to control the disease. And and the disease is the wearing out of the uh, cartilaginous surfaces and joints. And major joints that I deal with are shoulder, hip, knee, and ankle. And uh, each of them have their uh, different uh, mechanical uh, aspects, uh, something that I've studied since, you know, I don't know when. I mean, it's been a long time. And the advances are basically trying to uh, uh, improve the function while decreasing or eliminating the pain. And that has a variety of aspects to it, and everybody's a little bit different. Speaking of everybody a little bit different, of course, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, medicine, as I understand, is becoming a little bit more personalized these days. Uh, how much decision-making goes into uh, which joint is it uh, or what type of uh, joint uh, or prosthetic joint to uh, uh, use for replacement? And can they be custom-made? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that's really um, an exciting development. Uh, right now, it's just in knees uh, where you're able to customize or individually match a uh, implant to the patient, and that's uh, you know a marvelous advance. 
Um, it's spreading to other joints, uh, and uh, I am able to offer that uh, with uh, ankle replacements and soon-to-be hip replacements. Um, shoulders is probably going to be a little bit slower coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, again, I think that these are just tools, and the major factors are basically the patient and the surgeon and the surgeon experience and the type of brand and the type of approach taken, probably the least important factor, but still critical if you're really going to hit a home run rather than just hit a triple. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, in hip surgery, uh, there's different approaches, and people talk about it all the time. Direct lateral uh, that I started my career with, fewer dislocations but a slower recovery in general. Posterior approaches have more dislocations, but again, some of the muscle-sparing approaches uh, obviate that. Uh, I haven't had a dislocation in about 14 years in a primary hip doing that approach. The anterior approach recovers quicker, um, but it exposes patients to some other things, such as a greater risk of fracture and some cutaneous nerve symptoms, which are bothersome but usually get better. There's no free lunch. Uh, I used that approach uh, for a few years. I got very good at it, but what I found was it took longer and there was more blood loss. So these are things that experienced surgeons, for instance, hip replacements, 8,000 times you tend to, to learn things, yeah. you know. And, and so uh, you could take that information and, again, apply it to individual patients with their anatomy and try to optimize every factor you can to exceed their expectations. And, and again, you know as well as I do, Playing golf and tennis is very important <laughs> in this area. Most of my patients would rather die than not play golf and tennis and pickleball and climb Mount Kilimanjaro and all the other things that people like to do. And my job is to make that happen. Absolutely, doctor. And one thing I, I learned from you is that there's no reason to live with pain. You can actually, uh, through the work and, and, and the uh, professional uh, advice and service that you provide, is you can help alleviate pain and uh, suffering. Pain because is chronic pain is extremely debilitating. And if, if uh, any of our listeners right now are experiencing that, I strongly encourage you to visit Dr. George Markovich. 482-5399 is the phone number. By the way, I, I can tell you are probably reaching for a pencil. Let me repeat that. Dr. Markovich is 482-5399. See him for a consultation. See what you can do in order to alleviate uh, pain in your life. Dr. Bob, I'm, I'm going to throw out another number if I can. Sure. Uh, 482-B-O-N-E, bone. Uh, that's going to be our uh, new number moving forward ah. uh, with, with more exciting development. So if you call the other number, 482 you will definitely get people. But over time, I think that, you know, I look very much forward to, uh, again, uh, doing what you say, which is to decrease pain and improve patients' quality of life. 482 482- Bone, B-O-N-E, is the number to call. Doctor, I just genuinely appreciate your friendship and all that you've done for me in my life. I appreciate your time here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? 
Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, maybe the finest public servant that ever walked the Paradise Coast. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, you know it's Always fun and a pleasure to talk with you on a Thursday. I look forward to it. So um, we were just uh, um, talking um, prior to you going uh, on your uh, your break about the headlines in the Naples Daily News this morning. Um, uh, well, one of the headlines was Collier County Commissioner uh, LaCastro hospitalized and faces arrest. Um, and and I said you know didn't didn't say much about uh, about you know, what was alleged or anything like that, but um, they have a warrant out for his arrest. So, um, but they're pretty evasive on yeah. what's, what's written in there. I must say, uh, he's always been a good, I, I've always appreciated the work that he's done as our Collier County Commissioner. I hope that, uh, I hope this all gets resolved in a way that, number one, enforces the law. If he's done something wrong, he certainly should be punished for it. But on the right. other hand, on the right. other hand, I, I just, uh, in so many different ways, he's been a great public service up to this, a servant up to this point. Right, right. And, you know, you don't know when they when they hold back like this, they're they're going by the law, obviously, and doing what they have to do. So um, uh, we'll find I'm sure we'll find out more, um, um, you know, during the week as it as it unfolds. Yeah. But um, and we've got an uh, election coming up here in just yeah, yeah. a little over a yeah, month. Every week, uh, uh, I guess the time goes by faster and faster. So Got an interesting um, story for you. Um, uh, you remember uh, when I was running for mayor and the whole sign incident with uh, John Sorry? I certainly um, do. 
Yeah, and and for those that weren't familiar with it, um, uh, I my a whole bunch of my signs disappeared, and the bottom line was John was uh, was caught um, on video uh, uh, removing them. Yeah. Well, well now, <laughs> well now, uh, and you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Bob. I mean, I said it before. I. I think that probably that might have cost them the election. I mean, um, they made a real, that was a big deal. Yeah. You just don't do things like that. So all of a sudden, and, and I'm going to hold the name back until, until next week, until I get permission to use it. But uh, um, so now it seems like uh, Ms. Heitman's sign, Mayor Heitman's sign has been popping up. Uh, her signs have been popping up um where Gary Price has his signs and Gary's team, you know, has their signs. Uh, you know, so it was Price, uh, uh, Barton, Kramer, um, and, and Perez, Benetois. And there, uh, all of a sudden, there's a, there's a Teresa Heitman sign blocking Gary's sign. And, um, you know, it's really annoying. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, How could politics not, get so petty? I can't just Yeah, right. Well, in this particular case, although they, they don't want to, to to release it, they have this person on video in the act of placing a Teresa Heitman sign ah. um, on private property, by the way. Um, and so um, trying to figure out uh, exactly exactly what to do and obviously she didn't have the, the person didn't have permission to place the sign there it wasn't heitman that placed it it was somebody else uh um so uh i'm i'm sure that i'm sure i'll have a name for you next week because that's just something that is uh and and it's not the first time that this has happened in this no. election so but it's the first time someone's gotten caught so <laughs> it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. It is a big deal. I mean, you're talking about uh, personal integrity, and uh, you want people to operate within the boundaries and the rules. Now, in my opinion, that seldom happens in one particular party, but irrespective, that should be the standard. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, Gary has had to, to do so, has, has, has had to go on the, uh, on the defensive uh a couple of times um, during the forum last week, um, you know, both Blankenship and Heitman, you know, accused him of his, uh, I think we might have talked about it, I don't know, um, his, his um, they were saying that most of his contributions came in from developers. And, you know, Gary's smart. He had his fact sheet with him. He had his percentages with him, exactly what they were, and it wasn't what, what he was being accused of, obviously. Yeah. And, um you know, then he had to send a he sent a, uh, a uh, an email out yesterday. Um, you know, not necessarily defending himself, but telling saying, "Listen, this is what the truth is on on these matters." And people can't they just can't run on what they're going to do when they get elected for uh, for a position. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. They, I mean, they, why, why can't candidates talk about what their aspirations might be for the city or for the for the government in terms of uh, as opposed to making personal attacks and trying to denigrate their opponents well we've been we've been talking about that for years and years and years you know it's like look this is what i'll do and this is what i can do and this is what i will do and this is what i want to do right and I, and why do you have to go after me because you don't have anything that you can say 
You know what I mean? Yes, it's I do. Positive note that you're going to do if you get elected, and and it just seems like it's like that all over the place. But uh, it doesn't it doesn't make sense um, to do because all it does in the in the long run is uh, is it just does damage. That's all. And the candidate or candidates have to defend themselves, you know. And and in 99 of the cases when they're defending themselves, they're right and they have proof of it, just like Gary does. Exactly. But it's a waste of time. You know what I mean? I do. So just to change the topic a little bit, uh, it, how, sure. the, how did the thing with the uh, uh, with the uh, uh, Heart Institute uh, wind up? Do, has that reached a resolution? And and also mm -hmm. with regard to the uh, uh, port of at the uh, new beach club. Well, Sure. Well, the, 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 they passed the Heart uh, Institute yesterday from, from what I saw, and we, we watched it, and it looks like it passed. didn't Great. make the uh, news this morning, but um, yes, it did. Uh, we watched them vote on it, and uh, there was a little bit of controversy, but I think they got... Uh, uh, they, 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 they finally passed it, which was a, which was a good thing. The Portacashier, they have left in the hands of the city manager which you and I talk a little bit about, doesn't make any sense. That's what you elect me for mm -hmm. as your mayor or your council to make those decisions, right? You didn't, you didn't put the city manager in office to make a crucial decision like that as to how big the Porter Cashier should be and what the deal is, but they left it with him. So he has to make a decision, you know, um, and, and yesterday they said perhaps, you know, by the end of the month for sure. That's pretty so, bizarre. Yeah, is that that is bizarre, isn't it? It is. I mean, you have elected officials up there, and damn, Bob, you're supposed to, you know, you're an elected official. You're, 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 you know, you're supposed to be able to make a decision, and it's not, you know, so the the micromanaging and everything else, you know, falls into play there. But they they just could not, they just could not. Um, uh, make a decision. Uh, well, on, so on, on the well, other on the other side of that, Bill, uh, the city uh, manager will probably make a better decision than the council. <laughs> yeah, that, I didn't say that, Bob. You're right, though. They, yeah, let's hope he will. But the, let me tell you the downside before we before you boot me off here this morning. Um, the downside is is that no matter what the city manager the, the city manager's decision is. It, it's not a good one. I mean, of course, it's good if, it, if he makes it the right way, the way it should be and everything else that we think. But no matter what he does, he's going to face criticism from somebody on the other side. Of course. Whichever side that is. I'm saying, you know, why, why would he make that decision? We didn't elect him to yeah. make those kind of decisions for us, even though he can do it administratively. This is something I think the public wants that their elected officials to do. Right. That's just my... That's just my two cents. And it's a two, good two cents, and I'll tell you what, but more than likely, if somebody criticizes him, uh, he'll, they'll throw him right under the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, no two ways about it. Absolutely no two ways about it. Bill Barnett, so, former mayor of Naples, I just <laughs> genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us. Bob, my pleasure. You have a real good day, all right? You as well. Thank you so much. And the weather's improving. Apparently, it's supposed to get up on the... Middle of the high 70s today, which is a, just a nice relief from the cold. So we're, we're happy to see that as well. Uh, we've got some great guests for tomorrow's show, including William Yateman, Senior Legal Fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation, Michael Cannon, Larry Bell, uh, who is an uh, endowed professor at the University of Houston, and uh, also uh, Zudi Jasser. Dr. Zudi Jasser will be joining us uh, running for Congress in 
in uh, Arizona. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>